Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. Hello, hope you're okay and thanks for downloading today's podcast on Friday the 23rd of June. First up, we'll be hearing from a man who's spent millions of pounds transforming Folkestone over the past two decades. Roger DeHaan's investments have created a cultural quarter around the old high street and he's currently building luxury apartments on the seafront. Some fear the cost will force local people out of the market, but the former saga boss insists it'll bring investment in. He's been chatting to our reporter Oliver Leonard and says he's proud of what's been achieved. 20 years ago Folkestone was um, in serious decline and um, I think it's made a great recovery. It, it's really a very different place. Uh, it's become a very different place. I think the high-speed train has helped enormously. I, un- I, I understand um, over half of all people buying homes now are coming from London. Um, it's, um, it's, it's now got a great art scene, the schools are good, the, um, the sport in the, in the, in the place is, is magnificent uh, with the new skate park and the new athletic centre opening um, soon and you know it's great cricket, great hockey, the, um, the, the, the sports good, schools are good, art scenes is excellent and the old town of Folkestone which 20 years ago was very run down is um, now a thriving creative quarter. Is there ever a moment where you think you regret taking on such a massive project? Every day. (laughs) I should be playing golf and going on long overseas holidays. But um, um, no, I mean, I'm passionate about folks and, and, um, and over the last... I've been involved in trying to help with its regeneration over the last 20 years. There had been the odd moment when I thought perhaps we weren't going to get there, but um, but I think it's generally been successful and um, it's a lovely place to visit, lovely place to live in. So we've, um, we've seen the, on the new shoreline development that the, the cheapest uh, flats is 475,000. Four hundred and forty thousand. Yeah. So, do you think that some folks and residents will feel that they're potentially being priced out of, of buying a property? Well, there? it's no doubt that um, it, um, that, um, that at that price, only certain people can 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 buy it. But it's a very expensive place to build. We had to raise the level of the beach by over a meter. We've had to spend squillions of pounds on. Um, uh, fixing the harbour, refurbishing the harbour, um, and um, and uh, we're building to a very high standard. Um, you, you you see in you see all around the coastline a lot of the uh, buildings uh, rusting away. We've had to use materials that won't rust, that uh, are res- resilient to the to the um, conditions. On, on the seashore and so on. So it, it's, an, it, it's an expensive project and therefore the, the homes uh, are, are by folks and standards reasonably pricey. But as, as the project moves more closer to the harbour, I think um, uh, the prices, unit prices will come down. Uh, the, 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 the homes that will be built in and around the harbour will be of a, a, a different style and a and different volume, so, so the prices should be lower. Okay. And would, would you say that you are, you're trying to gentrify Folkestone? 
No, no, I don't, I, I don't think so. I think, I think the people who come to live here will help uh, the economy. Um, um, I think uh, um, it'll help the shopping centres, it'll help uh, the restaurants, the bars and so on, the local businesses. Um, it, it'll all, it, it, will, it will help folks and, and, um, and hopefully improve the lives and prospects of the people living in the town. And I, I, I suppose there's, you know, I suppose it's a sort of gentrification in the sense that uh, many of the homes on the seafront uh, are going to be fairly pricey. But, um, but I, think, I think the whole community will benefit um, uh, from, from this, this investment. And finally, is there going to be any sort of provisions put in place on the shoreline development that means that the, they can't all be used as Airbnbs? No, they, they, um, they won't be able to be used as Airbnb at all. Um, we, we, we're putting covenants in the sale agreements will, that will prevent people doing that. Not everyone is happy about the changes he's made. You can let us know what you think by commenting on the story at Kent Online. Elsewhere today, a man who caused the death of a motorcyclist on the A21 at Lamberhurst has avoided being sent straight to prison. 78-year-old Paul Smart was riding a bike which hit a car doing a U-turn in October 2021. David Gladwell, who's 66 and from Ainsford near Dartford, admitted causing death by careless driving and has been given an eight-month suspended sentence. He'll also have to do 200 hours of unpaid work. Another Kent schools being investigated after new building safety guidelines were issued by the government. A marquee has been set up for pupils at Goddington Primary in Ashford because of potential issues with concrete in the roof. Four other schools in Hythe, Sittingbourne, Tunbridge Wells and Birchington were forced to close last week but have now reopened. Kent Online reports. The Chancellor has been meeting with lenders to see what they're doing to help homeowners struggling with mortgage repayments. The Bank of England's increased the base rates of interest to 5% as part of efforts to tackle high inflation. Jeremy Hunt says he supports the decision, despite concerns it'll put family finances under even more pressure. The Prime Minister was in Dartford yesterday and spoke to warehouse workers as he looked to reassure those worried about rising bills. Yesterday you would have heard some news about inflation. Today you may have seen what the Bank of England has announced with interest rates and I'm sure that actually fills many of you with some anxiety right? and some concern about what's going on and what does that mean for you and your families. Now, I'm here to tell you that I am totally 100% on it and it is going to be okay and we are going to get through this and that is the most important thing I wanted to let you know today. Now the, you should know like I know this won't make it any easier, but what we're grappling with here is something that many countries around the world are also grappling with at the same time as we are right now. So if you look at interest rates in Australia, in Canada, in New Zealand, um, across the world, they're all at high levels. Actually, interest rates in Europe are the highest they've been in for 20 years because they're all grappling with inflation in the same way that we are. Many of you may have friends or family in those places, and if you spoke to them, they'd, they'd tell you the same thing. Now, I that doesn't make it any easier. Of course I know that but it's important for you to know that we're not alone in dealing with this. And I know how important this is, and that's why at the beginning of the year I made a speech and I set out my five priorities for the country that I wanted to deliver as your Prime Minister. The first of those was to halve inflation. I know how important this is, that's why I set it as my top priority. And look, it's not easy. Right? Rooting out inflation is not easy, it requires difficult decisions, doesn't happen overnight. But if we don't get on top of it, 
it would just get worse and it would last longer and that's not going to do anyone any favours. It's not going to be good for you and your families in the long run. And even though it means I have to make some difficult decisions, that's the type of Prime Minister I am, because I want to do the right thing for you and your families in the long term. There'll be more disruption to health services in Kent next month as junior doctors are staging what's thought to be the longest single period of strike action in NHS history. A fresh five-day walkout's been announced from 7am on the 13th of July. They're urging the government to increase wages to tackle a shortage of staff. Meantime, Kent Online's been told unions and train companies still aren't close to ending their long-running dispute over pay. Members of the RMT union will be taking industrial action again on the 20th, 22nd and 29th of July. Nicola Everett's been speaking to Steve White, who's the MD of South Eastern Trains. I'd like to apologise to your listeners. Uh, this dispute has been going on now for um, a year. And we are keen to see it resolved at an industry level and to allow us to to move forward for our colleagues and for our customers. Uh, But what I can reassure your listeners is if there is further industrial action, we're always able to give 14 days notice. If the action is by the RMT union, we're now able to operate a bigger timetable than we previously could. So, for example, we can now travel as far as Ramsgate on an RMT strike day. So we will work behind the scenes to try and bring this to an end. But in the meantime, we'll keep listeners advised of what industrial action may occur and what uh, journey options they have. And I do apologise for the ongoing disruption that does affect many of your listeners. Are you able to let us know if we are any closer to a resolution? I mean, last time I spoke to union members, it, it didn't really sound like it. What what are things looking like from your point of view? No, this will only really be resolved by dialogue and compromise. And at this moment in time, we can't say that that is, that is close. You know, there is a, a an offer on the table to the RMT union. Uh, there is not a final offer, but an offer on the table to the ASLEF union. But it's very much a work in progress. And, um, you know, we, we have to be patient. Uh, we, can't, we can't yet confirm when this will come to an end. But we would love it to. You know, we want to be able to provide, you know, a service seven days a week, 52 weeks of the year that, that listeners can rely upon. And on beautiful, sunny days, we know we're going to be super busy and super popular. And we know people rely on us. So we really hope we can bring this to an end sooner rather than later. Kent Online News. A quick roundup of some other news now. And residents near a construction site in Maidstone say their lives have become insufferable thanks to the sound of hundreds of homes being built next door. A pile driver's been brought in to help build 421 houses in Downswood. But neighbours say the thumping from morning until afternoon has become unbearable. Despite reports, the sounds have registered at around 90 decibels. The council have visited the sites and say the noise doesn't exceed the limits for this type of work. There could be delays on the A20 as you head towards Dover this weekend as the Round Hill Tunnel is going to be closed. The coastbound side is shut between 8 tomorrow morning and 6am Monday for repair work. A three-mile stretch of the dual carriageway is also due to close for several nights over the next month for resurfacing. 
A new style of tarmac that still allows trees to grow has been laid in Canterbury as part of a £1 million city centre revamp. New paving's also been laid on St George's Street, where works are due to finish in around three months' time. The flexi-pave will allow tree roots to spread without damaging the surface of the pavement, but some have criticised its appearance. Kent Online reports. Local charity Demelzer is calling on the government to protect and extend the Children's Hospice Grant to the NHS announced this would be the last year it's made available. The funding's used to help provide services across the county to sick young children and their families. That includes end-of-life care, respite and symptom management. Kate Faulkner has been speaking to Director of Fundraising and Marketing Hayley Richardson. The Children's Hospice Grant has been given to... Uh to the NHS fund and then they distribute it out to us. So we rely um, on a statutory income of about 14% here at Demelza um, and the, the remaining 86% is made up from the generous donations that we receive through, through the general public. Um, what's happening at the moment is that we know that the Children's Hospice Grant is not secure for years coming forward. So we're really looking for that commitment from, from the government and NHS England to make sure that we have the grant going forward to make our services sustainable. We know that prevalence within um, with families that, are, that have children with life-limiting conditions is growing um, and medical advances mean that also those children, thankfully, are living longer, which then puts more pressure on organisations like Demelza to ensure that we're here for, for the families and the hospice grant is key to that. And what would it mean if the grant were taken away? Would it mean that you'd have to stop some services altogether? Would it mean a reduction in those services? What would it look like? Uh, more pressure on the general public, really. I mean, it is more about what we never want to do here at Demals or any children's uh, hospice or, or care service is reduce the offering. Um, there are over 90,000 children across the UK with life limiting or serious conditions that can access children's hospices. Um, and it's really important for us that we don't reduce the service. We want to do more. That's Demelza's strategy. We want to reach more and do more for the families. To do that, we need the funding. If the funding was taken away, um, I wouldn't like to say that that's going to affect services, but it would mean a bigger push on fundraising, retail, our legacies, etc. Are you finding that during the cost of living crisis, and we've seen interest rates going up again today, <laughs> yeah. are you finding that the community are less able to, to give money in these difficult times? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's feeling the pressure and um, and and that's hard. As an organisation, we have to become more creative with uh, the way that we, we put offering. So, for example, if we look at something like Bubble Rush, um, our ticket, uh, how much a ticket is, is a lot cheaper than going to a big theme park for a day or, you know, some of the commercial events that are, that are available for people. So it's about our price positioning and making sure that uh, people are buying in longer term to the organisation. Um, fundraising is tough at the moment, um, but life is tough at the moment. So I think it's about us making sure that we're also offering something and whether that's understanding us a little bit more in the services that we deliver. Often people think of Demelza and children's hospices as a sad place and we're far from sad. We're, we are about life. We're about ensuring that from diagnosis right through until they need us, that our families have that space and that often 
um, jars with the word hospice. And that's a decision that we made when we rebranded to remove the word hospice so that more people understand the services. And if people understand, they're more likely to give, they're more likely to get involved. Um, sometimes when you talk about children passing away, that's a sad subject that people don't want to hear about. So it's really important we tell the message about Demelza being far more than that. So people lean into that as well. We're coming towards the end of Children's Hospice Week, which is aiming to raise awareness. Kent Online reports. It's been confirmed a new school on a multi-million pound housing estate in Medway is set to welcome students this September. Children will be moving into the Rochester Riverside C of E primary for the start of the new academic year. Construction setbacks meant pupils have been learning in a temporary mobile classroom a couple of miles away. Kent Beach has been ranked as one of the best to visit in Europe by train. Folkestone's Sunny Sands has made the list of seasides that can be easily reached by rail for an eco-friendly getaway. It's made the top five alongside spots in Italy, France and Spain. If you're heading to the coast this weekend or going out and about anywhere in the county, make sure you stay safe in the sun. A heat health alerts in force until Monday morning, which means vulnerable people could be at risk. Forecasters reckon temperatures could go above 30 degrees. Kent Online News. Thousands of people are expected at the Great Lines Heritage Park in Gillingham for this weekend's Armed Forces Day. Military parades, arena displays and assault courses will be part of the event to celebrate our personnel. Nicholas has been finding out more from Councillor Alex Patterson, who's Medway's Armed Forces champion. This is a huge weekend for, for Medway, a, a place like this with such a, a proud military history, not just uh, the, the, the present day um, military connections with the Princess of Wales Royal Regiment, with the Royal School of Military Engineering, but dating back more than 500 years to Chatham Dockyard and, uh, you know, a, a place which has seen uh, incredible uh, feats of military engineering and shipbuilding over the years. You know, this is the home of HMS Victory. It really is um, absolutely the spiritual home of of, of the British Army, uh, the, the Royal Navy and, and the armed forces in general. And why do you think it is we, we do remember our past, but always, as you say there, celebrate what we've got in our towns at the moment? Well, we've got so much built heritage around us that, that reflects that military history. So we have the, the, the fantastic buildings of the dockyard and we have the, the ships that we can still get get aboard and, and, and get a taste of, of what life was like uh, in the Royal Navy during the age of sail. Um, as well as on, on, on more modern day destroyers and, and, and submarines. So it's something that feels really tangible to people in Medway, but not not just that, not just the people who for whom the armed forces are something that they have respect for, but we have a living forces community in, in Medway, which is why my role as Medway's armed forces champion is, is so important, because it's about making sure that those families uh, and veterans and serving uh, men and women uh, are, are looked after and that their uh, needs are taken into consideration in everything that the council does. Several events are going on over the weekend. Obviously, one of the highlights is uh, the events happening at Great Lines Heritage Park, of course, under uh, or very close to the huge uh, memorial there. What's going to be happening um, during that event on Saturday in particular? So there's going to be something for the whole family. I know we always say that, but it absolutely is the case because whether you're interested in looking at um, exhibitions of, of, of uh, military hardware, uh, whether you're interested in the, the sort of trades that you can learn in the Royal Engineers, 
uh, whether you want to try an obstacle course or you want to look at um, helicopters. There's so much uh, on, on show, and that's before you even uh, talk about the, the fun fair, the military parades, the the, the military bands who will be uh, parading and, and playing on the day. So it really will be a fantastic festival, and it, the sun always shines on the great lines on, on Armed Forces Day, I can guarantee it. Tell us a bit more about what's going on in Rochester as well on Sunday, because you've got another big event taking place to, to kind of round up, round off the weekend, haven't you, with a parade in, in Rochester? Yeah, absolutely. So on, on Sunday, we have the honour of uh, allowing the uh, Princess of Wales Royal Regiment to parade uh, and exercise the, the freedom of Medway, um, which we awarded them in 2018. So this is... Um, Rochester's own um, reserve regiment, uh, C Company, based at the um, Reserve Centre in Boston. So we really have a very close connection to the Princess of Wales Royal Regiment. We're really proud of everything that they do and we'll be delighted to, to let them have the, the freedom of Rochester High Street to parade up and down. So again, a great opportunity to, to see uh, that military pageantry up close and personal. On Sunday, members of the Princess of Wales Royal Regiment will parade through Rochester. And there are plenty of other events going on across Kent over the next few days. At What's On Editor's Sam Laurie has more details. I'm sure you've got plenty of things planned for this weekend already. A day at the beach, maybe, or perhaps a picnic in the park, or having the family round for a barbecue. However, if there is space in your schedule and you're looking for something to do, we've got a few suggestions for you you can be transported all the way back to wartime Britain with Hever's home front. The 1940s weekend at Hever Castle will see the historic grounds transformed with reenactors dressed in retro outfits, replica spitfires and vintage vehicles, swing dancing, jazz music and even a speech from Winston Churchill. The festival will be at the castle on Saturday and Sunday and it's all included in your entry ticket. And, speaking of festivals, if you're in the mood for some great live music, the Festival on the Hill kicks off this weekend. The annual event, hosted by St Edmund's School in Canterbury, is on for the next week and includes top live bands, art exhibitions from local students, singing masterclasses and incredible entertainment for the whole family. You can book tickets to the programme's varied events online. And finally, if you really want to soak up the beautiful weather this weekend, you can always pay a visit to your local lavender field. It's the time of year when these delicate purple flowers are in full bloom and there's nothing more beautiful than the sight of a carpet of lavender as far as the eye can see. We've got a list of the best lavender fields in Kent as well as some spots to find sunflowers later in the summer up on What's On. So whatever you're up to, enjoy your weekend and make the most of this glorious sunshine. You never know when it might disappear again. Thanks, Sam. Kent Online Sport. Cricket and Kent have continued their winning streak with a victory over Essex in the T20 Blast. The Spitfires reached their target of 184 with 10 balls to spare at Chelmsford last night. They're now level on points with fourth-placed Hampshire in the South Group table and welcome Middlesex to Canterbury this evening. And in football, we've been hearing from the Gillingham manager as he prepares for pre-season training next week. Neil Harris has also been giving us his thoughts on the fixture list. Stockport away first game. Good side, you know, finished finished well last year. Top two teams in the second half of last season. Um, beating the playoffs, they'll be looking to go one better this year. So tough first away game, but look, we'll have a good pre-season. Squad's almost there, so we're in a good place going into the pre-season. We'll be ready for that for sure. And then Accrington at home first league games. This place will be rocking. Let's talk about next week's show, because that's when the players come back for pre-season training. Talk us through the first three or four days 
what's the plan is it mainly uh, fitness testing uh, yeah, a lot of testing. So sports science becomes um, prevalent next week, really. Um, Coaching-wise, myself, a little bit more of a backward step. My job is to integrate the players, uh, integrate the new players, make sure the younger players are integrated into the senior group, uh, make sure that the, the academy feels connected to the first team in the first few days. Um, Still, obviously, huge on recruitment at the moment, so a lot of my focus will still be with, with, with uh, Hess and Kenny regarding recruitment, even next week when the players are back. Um, but, but the testing, first first and foremost, is, is is making sure where the players left last year, they're still in a similar condition. Long long gone are the days of the beer bellies coming back and the lads putting half a stone to three quarters of stone on and, and putting bin liners on to run around the field. We don't do that anymore. Um, the off-season, or what I call pre-pre-season, sort of three weeks leading up to the boys coming back in, that's their time to build their fitness. That's where they get the, uh, the miles in their legs. So when they come back on uh, next Wednesday, they're straight away into some running and some football. The balls will be out day one, and that's how much the game's changed in the last 10 years. In an ideal world, I know you're quite happy with the squad that you've got, but in an ideal world, how many more would you like to see come through the door to complete your squad? Uh, three three players that I feel can go straight into my first sort of 14 or 15, you know, is key. And you know, we, we know where we're at as a group. We feel we've got a really good balance. We've got some good versatility in the group as well. But we, we feel like we need to add a little bit more at the top end of the pitch. You know, a few more goals into the team. That'd be nice, whether that's from a centre forward position or wide areas. Um, and then we just need a little bit more support in the defensive line. Um, and then once we've done three, we might be looking at something slightly different. Bit more of a left field one, maybe, uh, maybe some else at the top end, top end of the pitch, attacking wise that, that maybe foreseen as a little bit more of a gamble, you know, left field one, uh, which is always exciting as well. So uh, ideally, we're adding four um, before the start of the season that, that comes straight into the group, and then we, we just assess at the start of the season whether we then need to look at the loan market to to add anybody else to to cover positions where we might feel a little bit light or or we picked up an injury. That's all from us today. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories directed to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.